Today, as we consider God's message to us today, uh, as Miss Megan said, we have this incredible meal that Jesus started, that he commanded that we do, this Lord's Supper. So let's check out this video and learn more about it. Jesus and his disciples were in Jerusalem to celebrate Passover and remember how God had delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. Jesus sent Peter and John to get the Passover meal ready. He said, go into the city and you will meet a man carrying a jug of water. Follow him. Jesus said that the man with the water would go to a house and the homeowner would show Peter and John a large room upstairs with furniture in it. That was the place Jesus wanted them to get the Passover meal ready. So Peter and John did as Jesus said. When the Passover meal was ready, Jesus and his disciples reclined to eat. Jesus said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples were upset, but Jesus knew this was part of God's plan. Each of Jesus' disciples asked, surely not I, Lord. But when Judas Iscariot said, surely not I, teacher, Jesus said, yes, it's you. Then Jesus took the bread, gave thanks to God for it, broke it, and then gave it to his disciples to eat. Jesus said, this is my body, which I am giving for you. Do this to remember me. Jesus took the cup and gave it to his disciples. They drank from it, and Jesus said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus showed his disciples with the bread and the drink that he is the true Passover lamb. They sang a hymn together, and then they went out to the Mount of Olives outside the city. God's people had broken the old covenant, and God promised to make a new covenant to forgive sins. The new covenant says that everyone who turns away from sin and trusts in Jesus' death and resurrection will be forgiven of his sins and will have eternal life. So this Sunday, we get this incredible opportunity, not just to talk about the Lord's Supper, but also to receive it. And it's just a, an amazing timing opportunity for us to not only hear about it, but also taste it, to touch it, and to know it experientially. It's important to think about what is a sacrament. We call this, this meal a, a sacred act that Jesus told us to do. Together with baptism, these are the two sacraments that we celebrate in the Lutheran Church. And the sacrament is defined by, by three specific things, like what makes a sacrament a sacrament. Well, number one, it is instituted by God. That means Jesus said, this is something that I want you to do. When Jesus did the, the, the words of institution, he said, do this in remembrance of me. It wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't a, if you've got time, it was this is a command I want you to do on a regular basis. Not because it's something you have to do to make me happy, but it's something to do because it is good for you. It is something that I, I pour my grace into and flood your heart and your soul with my love and my goodness. I want you to encounter that on a regular basis. So do this. The second thing that uh, makes a sacrament a sacrament is you've got this very special combination. You have God's Word, and in the Lord's Supper, His words are the words of institution that we'll speak in just a little bit. 
And in baptism, it's the name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you've got these two, you've got these two words of God, but combined together with very, very common worldly elements. In baptism, that earthly element is water combined with the Word of God. And in the Lord's Supper, it's the bread and the wine that's combined together with the Word of God. Now, I think it's incredible that when Jesus instituted these two amazing gifts, these two sacraments, it's incredible to me that He didn't choose something very rare or precious that only a few people had access to. Right? Instead, he picks things that are so common, so basic, that absolutely everybody has access to. Simple things like, like water and, and bread and wine. These are things that were a part of everybody's everyday life. And God picked these very common elements, these common pieces of this world, so that his grace would not be something that was limited only to the super rich or the very powerful or the influential, but everybody, from kings to servants, would have access to water, bread, and wine. And so with this word of God connected to those physical elements, everybody would have access to his grace. So we've got, we've got these, these, this instituted by God, it's combining a physical element with God's Word. And the third thing is the gift that it provides. It gives the forgiveness of sins. It carries the grace of God into you. It's like a vehicle that transports God's love and God's grace into your life. And how it does it is it's a miracle. I, I can't even begin to describe it. I just know that He promises it and that it happens. These gifts, these gifts are so incredibly special. We get this gift of, of forgiveness that God washes our sins away. We get this victory over sin and death and the power of the devil. That means that we live in victory over our sin. We don't have to live in guilt or shame, but we are freed from our sin. We're given victory over sin, death. We will, even though we will die in this world, we will not die in the next. We will live forever with bodies that are free from pain, free from suffering, free from sickness, free from death. And we have victory over the devil. The enemy has no power over us. The name of Jesus is above his. These are amazing gifts. Forgiveness victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil, an everlasting life, a life that never ends with God, no limits. These are amazing, amazing gifts that God gives. Now, in both baptism and the Lord's Supper, we get all three of those gifts. We get all three of them, but each one of them, baptism and the Lord's Supper, each get a bonus gift, right? It's kind of like those those television commercials, but they're like, but wait, there's more, <laughs> right? And the, the, the more that we get in baptism is not only do we receive, not only is it instituted by God and it's combined with the physical element and his word to give us the forgiveness of sins, we also receive adoption into God's family. 
that when we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we are given God's name, baptized into his family, and as sons and daughters of God, we receive all that is an inheritance from that relationship, being adopted, being chosen by God. Maybe some of you have been adopted. Maybe some of you young children are adopted. I was adopted when I was young. My daughter, we adopted her when she was young. And there's something really cool and really special because for those of you who are just naturally born, it was like, shake the dice, see what happens. This is what you get. But for those who have been adopted, the moms and dads look at the child and go, I choose you to be my family. That's what God has done. He has chosen you to be in his family. He picked you, which is an amazing thing. So that's the one unique gift that we get in baptism. But with the Lord's Supper, there's a, there's a special unique gift that we get just with that. And that gift is called unity of faith, that we are tied together, many, many pieces, many, many parts into one body with Christ as our head. We become united, which I think in this world is a very rare and precious gift. Because there's so many ways that we are divided and separated and differences of opinion and differences of belief and differences of, of you name it. But regardless of your differences, with the faith that we have in Christ, when we partake in his body and his blood, we are united together as one. And we're not just united together as one as this generation's worship service gathers together, but every single Christian church that meets, that receives this meal is united as one. And not just all of those that will meet today or tomorrow or sometime else this week, but all throughout history united together as one. It's an amazing gift that we receive as we receive this. Now, speaking specifically of the Lord's Supper, we get this awesome opportunity now to teach just a little bit more in depth about this and, and what happens, what do we actually receive when we take this meal and when we share this meal with each other, right? There's the, the Catholic view of what happens with the Lord's Supper, which is called transubstantiation, which is a big, long church word for just, it changes the substance which is to say when the priest speaks the words of institution, the bread no longer is bread, it becomes the body of Christ. The blood no longer become, the, the wine no longer becomes wine, it becomes the, the blood of Christ. That's the Catholic understanding. Then on the other far end of the spectrum, a lot of non-denominational churches, when they celebrate the Lord's Supper, it's not really changing the substance of the bread and the wine, but when you receive the bread and wine, you simply remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for you. And so it's called a memorial meal. You eat it and you remember the crucifixion. The Lutheran church teaches that we're someplace in between. We celebrate what we call the real presence. When Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is my blood, he didn't mean it represents or it symbolizes. It is. And so we believe that after I speak the words of institution, the bread, it's still bread, 
I mean, you can do a chemical test on it. You can taste it. Well, it doesn't taste like bread, really. More like styrofoam packing peanuts, but beside the point. It's still that substance, but in and with and under that is the very real presence of Jesus. Not just symbolically. He is in there. And when we receive the the wine, it's still wine. It's grape juice that's been fermented. But because Jesus said, this is my blood, it is in, with, and under that wine is the very real blood of Christ. It's important that that real presence is there. Because when you receive it, you receive Jesus you receive his gifts. It's real. It's tangible. You can, tuss, t- you can touch it. You can taste it. You can encounter it. The Apostle Paul, when he talks about this incredible meal, he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. He says this, is the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? You see, Paul understands this real presence idea that when you receive bread and you receive wine that's been consecrated as the body and blood of Jesus, you receive Jesus himself. And his grace floods into you with a forgiveness so real you can taste it. I love the fact that he makes it experiential, right? Sometimes you, you hear at the absolution, the pastor speak words of forgiveness, and that is powerful and effective, and the Word of God himself speaking into you and declaring you forgiven. And that's powerful. But there's something extra special about receiving and touching Jesus himself that you receive that cleansing and that healing in a way that's so real you can taste it. And as we do that this morning, I want you to, to remember that, that Jesus is present in, with, and under this bread and wine. You receive his very real body and blood. Make it tangible. I really want to encourage you as you leave this place to think about how you make your love tangible to others, right? Just as God makes his love tangible to you in the water and then the bread and the wine where you receive his presence, how can you make your love tangible to those around you? To be more than just what you say, but also what you do that makes people be able to experience your love and even better, God's love through you in, with, and under you, let them encounter God. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, you miraculously share your presence with us today with this bread and this wine, this holy meal that you have commanded that we do, not because it pleases you, but because you bless us through it that your grace, your power, your love comes through this meal into our lives. Father, as we experience, as we participate in this meal, remind us to make our love something tangible that others can receive and feel and experience and participate in as well. Father, for this day, we praise you for this amazing gift you give us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.
Amen.